An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame. But then what? This Blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made. It's a different kind of fame that's not always as glamorous as it looks. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznak. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults with zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. 24 question party people. 24 question party people. 24 question party people. Hello and welcome to 24 question party people. I am your host, Yasi Salek. This is a show where I invite an interesting person on for a little talk. I ask the same 23 questions every time, more or less, plus one wild card. The guest is allowed to skip one question. Sometimes the questions change a little. You don't like it? Call the fucking cops, babe. Okay, so I've been doing a lot of pondering, bro. Do you know what I mean? Pondering. I'm on my pondering shit. I'm in my pondering era. Like in my free time, I, I do just be pondering. Do you know what I mean? I like to do this um, pondering while I'm laying outside in the sun, like drinking some sort of healthy little Bev, my Ponderade, if you will. Um, I'm sorry. Lately, what I've been pondering, what I've been thinking a lot about is the nature of faith. If you're like, look, babe, I'm going to stop you right the fuck there. If something can't be proven by men and science and math, then I am not fucking with it, bitch. I hear you and I wish you well. And I do not actually know how you ended up here, but this might not be the pod for you, bestie, okay? Enjoy your rational and magicless life. Bonge to you. Now that it's just me and my spiritual girlies, let's get back to faith. I bring this up very briefly in this episode, in this talk with Bethany Cosentino. But in between reading the um, endless amount of mostly very very poorly written music books that I have to read for my job as the world's foremost music podcaster. Um, I've been slowly making my way through this Kierkegaard book called Fear and Trembling. That's right, babe, you heard me. I'm talking Soren. I know it's often giving dumb bitch hours over here, but every once in a while I have to remind you hoes what I'm about, okay? Anyway, in this book, or from what I've read of it so far anyway, because I have to go back and keep rereading parts to try and fully understand them because actually I'm not that smart and Kierkegaard is pretty um, dense. Anyways, in this book, old story, he's using the Bible story about Isaac and Abraham to sort of explore what faith is and what is required to have faith. 
If you don't know the Isaac and Abraham story, it doesn't really matter. And I'm not going to get into it because this isn't like some like, no, this is a cool church, babe. It's the Hillsong moment. Um, you just need to know that it's really a peak example of like pure, unimpeachable, unadulterated faith. Kierkegaard says that the prerequisite for this kind of faith isn't that you have to believe like the best possible thing will happen to you, right? But rather that you have to achieve something he calls infinite resignation, which, okay, admittedly, I'm only like a third of the way through this book, but I've taken that to mean that a person is like infinitely resigned to any outcome, not the best, like not the best one as they personally see it, but acquiescing that there is something greater than our personal understanding and our judgment and our, you know, whatever we think is best. And just trusting that whatever the outcome is, it's good within the consciousness of the infinite. You know what I mean? You're like, no, bitch, I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Stick with me here. So some of you are like, listen, bitch, I thought this was a little interview show. We're going to have some laughs, some jokes, talk about music. What in the fuck are you on about? And you know, honestly, that's totally fair. (laughs) But I've gotten too far now. I can't stop. Okay. You know, they gave me this space to fucking ponder wildly. Okay. And I'm going to fucking ponder wildly. A podcast monologue is a dangerous thing for a woman like me to have, but I have it, et cetera. Anyway, it's this infinite resignation, right? Like the infinite resignation to any and all outcomes without even presuming that you can know all the outcomes, right? Like infinite resignation to unknowable outcomes that allows for faith. It's like in signing up for the absurd, right? The paradoxical, that's not possible that you can actually have anything you want and have peace. And do you know why, bitch? Because you can stop fucking thinking about it. Stop fucking spinning out and you can just be. We are talking full no thoughts, just vibes hours, okay? Smooth brain, babe. Life is a highway core, if you will. And the other thing about faith is, so recently I was running. That's right. Also, I'm into fitness. And when I, often when I think about God, and that is my shorthand, okay, for the universe or the greater thing, the bonge of it all, whatever. I don't care what you call it. That's what I call it. When I think about God, I think about being held up to the sun. That's just what I like to think about. And anyway, I was running, right? The sun was so bright all of a sudden. And I wanted to look at it, right? (laughs) Like in my mind, I'm being held to it. Let's look at it. And of course, um, I realize, dumb bitch hours again, you can't look at the sun, right? (laughs) You can't look at the sun for proof. It'll blind you. You have to close your eyes and just feel the sun. You have to feel the warmth on you. And that's how you know it's there. That is a form of faith. But then expert level faith, babe, the infinite resignation level is when it's overcast and it's cloudy or it's fucking pouring rain and you can't see or feel it, but you still know it's there, right? You just do. That's expert level faith. Anyway, I've gone on probably um, way too long on this and nobody is listening anymore or they fast forwarded to the chit chat. Um, Let's get to the talk I did with my real life bestie, Bethany Cosentino, um, who's always down to clown about faith and God and sex and whatever. That's a song lyric. 
It's definitely weird to conduct a formal interview with someone you talk to several times a day across multiple platforms. Um, But I still think somehow we got into some interesting territory, um, mainly because Beth is super smart and super funny and curious and open about the world. And that's what makes her such an excellent songwriter. And if you haven't listened to her new solo album, Natural Disaster, yet, do yourself a fucking favor, babe. Go outside, lay in the sun, put that shit on full blast. Feel held. There's a lot of traces of infinite resignation all over that bitch. Anyway, here's our talk. 24. Bethany Cosentino, what a what an honor and a privilege to be able to speak to you for the 13th time in just today. <laughs> to instead of just talk about me on your podcast, talk to me on yes. your podcast. It's really galaxy brain level at this point where like you're actually here. <laughs> I'm like the alien that lives on your shoulder. I'm I'm your assigned alien. Do you think people are tired of this little bit? I don't know. Well, if, if you are, this is not the episode for you. See you later, babe. <laughs> Catch you next week. <laughs> Skip ahead. Skip ahead. Bethany, how, how are you doing today? Um, I'm okay. How are you? I'm all right. Today was squat day, which is like my least favorite day of the weightlifting week. Mm. Um, so started off, you know, with a challenge, but I don't, I don't back down in the face of fear. So <laughs> I went ahead and stepped right up. This and uh, conversation will act as a foam roller for your soul. I feel and that's what I'm saying. Welcome to Huberman labs. Um, anyways. Yeah, I feel good. I'm ready to party. I've had my protein shake. I have consumed 47 grams of protein. It's 1120 in the morning. Let's fucking go. Do you know what I mean? God bless. All right. Let's just, well, I mean, I think people should know before we get into it, if they don't already, because I, um, am a free unpaid intern for both your publicity team and your management team. So if they (laughs) do follow me and they don't know that you have a new album out called Natural Disaster, that would be an actual miracle. But for those of you (laughs) who are maybe not on social media, Bethany Cosentino has a gorgeous new album out. It's called Natural Disaster. It is beautiful. It is wall-to-wall bangers, stop to finish, not a skip on it. You need to give it a listen if you haven't already. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, let's just get going. I'm sure I'm not going to ask you any of the, you've, you've been, you've had a beautiful press cycle and you've probably been asked every single question under God's good earth about going solo. And also, unfortunately, I can't even pretend to be curious about it because I already know. <laughs> so <laughs> You were truly there every second and step of the way, every fear, every anxiety, every, oh no, what have I done? Every, yeah. That's, that's how we You do. are the, the spiritual manager, spiritual advisor. I am the natural disaster. <laughs> you are. <laughs> um, let's just get started. I'm going to ask this question, but you know, I already know the answer. That's going to happen a lot. Number one, <laughs> what's your sign? Scorpio. Okay. I, I am a bad best friend because I do always forget your big three. You have Pisces in there, right? No, I oh, am Cancer. Scorpio Sun, Cancer Rising, Sagittarius Moon. Cancer Rising, Sagittarius Moon. Do you feel, I know how closely you identify with being a Scorpio. I know you feel that that's pretty spot on. Um, what about the other placements? Interestingly enough, I feel that I feel less Scorpio 
than I do cancer now. Mm. I think I actually feel like I really have evolved more into like leaning into the cancer side of myself. I think, I think I am pretty Scorpio in a lot of ways, particularly the um, FBI side of me, (laughs) the investigative um, social media spy that I can be. You guys, it's incredible. I'll be like, I have a crush on this guy. And then literally within 30 minutes, she comes back and she's like, okay, so he was born on this date. Here is his last five jobs. (laughs) I don't even think it's 30 minutes. I think it's like like 12. Yeah. Approximately 11.5. Yeah. Um, but I think that as I like have gotten older and as I've been, you know, committed to softening myself in a lot of different areas, I think that the cancer side of me sure. um, is sort of screaming to be like, please stop smashing me down into the depths of hell. And that, but that's also very Scorpio of me. Yeah. So. I see you because I think I know you well. I definitely see you as very like cancer Mm. in that, you know, I I see you as like a Scorpio on the outside, cancer on the inside type girl. Yeah. But then it's, and then that's so interesting because that's literally like what a Scorpio is. is It's like such a tough exterior, but then such a softy inside. And so I think that like the softy inside of me again, is always crying to come out. The Sagittarius moon, I really have no idea about, I guess maybe. I mean, what I know about Sagittarius is they're very like, what what is the Sagittarius? I can see it for sure. I feel like one of the big things about Sagittarius is they do whatever they want all the time. Sure. I guess that's you know what pretty I mean? me. Like that and that being your moon is like the true the true expression <laughs> of how you want to be in the world. And maybe it maybe it gets tripped up sometimes by like outer things or by the other considerations of your big three but like I can totally see that the Sagittarius and Aquarius to me are like the most independent and unique signs that kind of just like really march to the beat of their own drum mm-hmm. when left to their own devices you know and I think uh I'm very free-spirited so I can totally see that okay and Sagittarius is a um fire sign fire yeah which I've always thought is interesting that I'm like double water and then fire yeah, yeah. It's good. You don't want to be all water. Just splash all over no, the place. No, too emotional. <laughs> it's crying. Calm. I already I have enough emotions. I don't need any extra. I don't think I have. I don't think I have any water in my in my chart, which is interesting. Not really? any, but like not a lot. Yeah. I'm yeah. Very earth and fire. Burn it all down. Um. Also, famously, Taurus and Scorpio, the best friends of the zodiac. The so. best friends of the zodiac. <laughs> That's right. Um. All right. Number two. It's eleven twenty-six a.m. How many grams of protein have you had? What did you eat today? <laughs> I've had nothing but coffee. I don't like it. Dr. Huberman Labs yeah. over here, we don't like that. <laughs> I am not the best about eating, especially because I, I too came from my high intensity interval training workout, but <laughs> I, um, yeah, I won't get into it <laughs> too in depth, but... Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to stay sure. on top of eating. And then suddenly one day I'm like, or like at some point in the day, I'm like, oh, fuck, I haven't eaten yet. I need to eat something. Yeah. I'll tell you what I love. A Starbucks drive through as I know you do. 
love to throw in an egg bites. The egg bites, live, yeah. Live for I those get bad boys. Every so often, because I can't have dairy, but every so often I get the turkey bacon sandwich and I just have them take the cheese off. Did you know the you kale, can have them Babe, the kale and mushroom egg bites have no cheese. They all have cottage cheese in them. I've, oh, I didn't know I've that. asked so many times. I've been like, are you sure? They're like, yes, here's the ingredient list right here. It's cottage cheese, which is a bummer because I love cottage cheese, but I just... Well, once my once my agenda and world campaign of getting everyone on raw milk is over, <laughs> we'll be able to handle the cottage cheese, but it's baby steps. <laughs> yeah, that's that's absolutely never gonna happen for me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I, I got never on the say never, I got babe. on the colostrum chain the colostrum chain, but that's I won't do you say I, that I simply now. Every time I drink it, I have to like close my eyes and forget what I'm drinking and just we're gonna get have it a down. check in in three years when we're <laughs> we're both actually raw milk farmers where we literally are living on a farm where we I'm into that idea. I am yeah. into the idea of moving to a farm. Yeah. Like I would do that. Milk our own cows and drink it. Okay. Number three. Have you listened to music today? And if so, what was it? Well, technically, yes, because I listened to the horrific <laughs> tunes that they play at Orange Theory. What um, were some of the bangers today in Orange Theory? What was there? The guy that was the the teacher today is like he's covered in tattoos. He has a Blink One Eighty Two tattoo. So every once in a while, there's like an all the small things like club remix, which I love. Oh boy, what kind of Blink One Eighty Two tattoo are we talking? Like the bunny? But, or is... No, the the like face. The oh, like the smiley face. face. That's right. Johnny thing. fucking come lately, bitch. If you were yeah, a real head, yeah, you yeah. would have the fucking bunny. <laughs> <laughs> but that, yeah, I don't, I think today I was not really so uh, engaged in what was happening. There's one girl who plays this T-Pain song I love that I didn't know was from many years ago, but it's the one that's like the rude dude song. Do you know this song? Can you sing a little bit of it? It's like, I turned into a rude dude. It's so good. I'm not familiar. I'm going to send it to you. It's so good. But I like her playlists because she has that one on every class. And every time it comes on, I'm like, oh, here's my jam. I'm just learning about 2017 T-Pain songs by way of Orange Theory Fitness. So thank you so much. Hell yeah. As you know, I took over because I couldn't abide anymore the... Well, I mean, I, not every playlist in class is made by me. Sometimes there's like today there was a bit of live in La Vida Loca, which I'm, I won't <laughs> lie, I did. It was nice. I'm, you can't hear that song and not be like a little bit like, all right. I right. I think I, I I mean I definitely have told you this before, but I found out that every I think it's every year Orange Theory has a different like musical, essentially like a um like a music supervisor, and last year was Steve Aoki, so they had this one one class a month that was all out Aoki and the entire class was just crazy Steve Aoki house. It was, I, I, you nearly quit. No disrespect (laughs) to Mr. Aoki, but I just would never go on that day. I was like, I'm not going to go. Have we ever, have we ever discussed that I went to college with Steve Aoki and that he used to, he used to come in. I'm, we're not friends, but he used I used to work at the record store in Santa Barbara and Isla Vista, if we're being specific. And he would come in like all the time with his like headband and buy like stacks of CDs. And then he had this house where he had like hardcore shows called the Pickle Patch. Oh, yeah. okay. I didn't know that, but I, I I assumed that you had some sort of connection to Steve Aoki in, in some capacity. We have a long, a long and storied history, me and Aoki's. Um, 
Well, unfortunately, my my gym is not getting the Steve Aoki touch, just the Aussie Solid touch. But <laughs> who can pretty say? Similar, what's, a pretty, pretty similar, a pretty similar vibe. Pretty similar. Um, okay, number four. What's the first song that made a meaningful impact on you as a child? It was part of your world from The Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid. Absolutely. That's the one. I, I saw where the people are. I saw the remake. <laughs> I saw the remake in theater. I that movie like changed my life and I think is the thing that when I was a kid that made me realize that I wanted to be a both mermaid and singer. Um, of course, but I went, first, secondary, <laughs> secondarily a singer. I went to see the remake and I think I was having a particularly emotional time as I do. And I absolutely wept when the song came on. I was like dry heaving, crying <sighs> because it just took me back to, totally. it's like, you know, when something affects you in such a way that it's like every nuance of it, every like, downbeat every like I just knew everything that song was everything to me and I just lost it like I was just sitting in that theater surrounded by children and I'm this you know 36 year old woman just attempting not to (laughs) you know fully fully just like wail in the theater but anyone around me was definitely like this woman's not well I fully am with you. This was a, this was massive. I was seven when it came out. I, I distinctly remember hanging. I don't know why this was my way of being a mermaid. I would hang on the, um, the bar in the closet. Cause so then my feet weren't touching the ground so I could have mermaid oh, tail. And I then see. I would sing the song very emotionally to myself. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was a real, for many, 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 many years, Ariel was like, you know, the per like, I was like, that's who I want to be when sure. I grow up until I realized that, you know, you can't actually become a mermaid or you can, who knows? Who's to say? Right. Like a woman who changes everything about herself to, for the love of a man <laughs> silences her own voice to then have her dreams come true. Same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just joshing. Um, I was trying to look up who wrote that song. So I'm like very curious to know what genius is behind it. And I'm not finding it. I think jo- it's, Jody Benson is the singer, but I, I think it's like someone very well known. Howard Ashman wrote the lyrics. Oh, okay. So it's one of those lyrics and Alan Menken. Okay. A lyrics and music sort of situation. Alan Menken has apparently written, uh, music and scores for like our entire childhood, like Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Pocahontas, like he's the the motherfucking man. Yeah, he's, that's the, that's the like the OG Disney guy. I mean, all of those songs, I would say that like all of the songs from those original Disney movies really impacted me, but that one in particular was like, that was the moment for me that I was like singing is everything to me and thank god and for me just hanging in the closet everything to me (laughs) (laughs) didn't she wasn't too preoccupied with the singing part because i was not a good singer okay um number five what is the first album you bought with your own money or shoplifted with your own two hands i don't remember the exact number but it was absolutely one of the punkorama compilations hell yeah for sure fuck yeah yeah i feel Four was very meaningful to me, if I have to yeah, remember. I think I had that green cover. I think it may have been the second one. I feel like I remember the first one was like 
I, is the first one the one that has the guy's face on it and he's like been punched? No, that's four. That's four. Okay. Yeah, that's the one I, I feel like was really, the first one's just green with like, um like sort of names on it. Yeah. It yeah. Might, is the second one then possibly the third? It's like a, it's like a drawing of like the a, alien pissing on the wall. Yes, that's number that's, two. That's yeah. the one. So it was punk aroma too. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, has a descendant song, Coffee Mug. That's Coffee Mug, that was, yes. Coffee, I can, I mean, I think I could probably sing. I won't, but I could <laughs> sing every word. Why, why are you denying the people who are tuned in <laughs> to this program what they deserve, uh, what they want and deserve? I mean, that record for me, start. I mean, that was like the same way that The Little Mermaid made me want to be a singer. The sure. Punkorama compilation, I think, was the thing that introduced me to everything that I ended up, you know, getting. Like, it started there and then it sort of trickled into all of these other things and would sort of take me on these weird journeys of then landing into, I got very into like Saddle Creek Records and that kind of world of emo. Sure. But it all really originated at the Punkorama that I bought from the local record store in mantras called tempo music which unfortunately does not exist anymore but that was like my my spot yeah damn number one was really a a huge one for me got me into no effects Mm. had two no effects songs on it were you into the um short music for short people yes yeah that those were also good i had all of those like every single one of those types of comps one million percent also i was thinking about this the other day i was i had a brief ska dalliance and less than jake i was really into and they did covers of the entire grease soundtrack and i remember that yeah it's not on streaming what the fuck (laughs) around and there's like a youtube playlist but that was that was big for me yeah what happened we used to be a proper country (laughs) (laughs) does punkorama still exist i feel like it does and is it i i feel like i saw something recently that they like brought it back or maybe someone maybe it was just that someone did like a merch line of it I yeah think maybe that's I'm, what I'm it looking is because i don't i feel like they stopped making it in like 2003 maybe it probably got really it probably got really bad although i did just read oh my god what okay punkaroma 10 which was the last one was in 2005 oh. um and the the artists on here are getting converge sage oh. francis okay the coup interesting hmm. but then also like classic mill and colin no effects pulley damn pulley was good having a pulley yeah it was punkorama and then the tony hawk pro skater soundtrack that is really where my life began i didn't i didn't play tony hawk pro skater but i got a lot of music off of like actual skate videos mm. like watching skate videos and being like what's this fucking song and then seeing it the credits at the end and going and like buying it from the little record store the warehouse music i absolutely played the game i'm a little, I'm a little bit older <laughs> you i know you love to you love to remind me not a meaningful <laughs> amount just a little bit um <laughs> Damn. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Punkorama. <laughs> I I read something that um, Gen Zers are collecting CDs again. I saw this too, which I'm all for because so, I love, that's my favorite format. Yeah, me too. I mean, you can't be like, my vinyl is my favorite. It's so embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> like, relax, Urban Outfitters, you know what I mean? But no, it's true. I wish I hadn't gotten rid of all of mine. Maybe I'm going to hit Discogs later and stock up on a few Punkorama discs just for my personal collection. I got rid of all my CDs. Yeah, I I think I have 
a handful of them still, but I still have like, I have a CD player in my car. So Every so often I'm like, oh, what do I have in here? When it's funny, when I was desi- when I was doing the album packaging for my album, I was very fixated on like what it would look like. This like, you know, the big thing is what's the vinyl packaging yeah, gonna yeah. look like? That's the conversation that's super that's the one that everybody wants to have. And for me, I was like, what about the CD booklet? And everyone kind of just like looked at me and I was like, what do you expect? Like this, that was the era. Those were so important. I kept a bunch of them. I looked at, cause I'm a crazy hoarder. I have like 30 CD booklets just stuck in a box. Oh, yeah. I threw the jewel cases and the CDs away, but I kept the booklets. Yeah. I mean, that to me was like, that's where I discovered that's like how I, you know, started listening to music. It was either the radio or it was CDs. Yeah, and then and they had all that information in them about the lyrics yeah. or thank other bands. And then you'd be like, what's this other band? Exactly. Let me go look into this. Yeah. Um, Punkorama, if you're listening, I would love for you to send us a box of Punkorama CDs. <laughs> I know for a fact that your ass has a warehouse full. And the merch. I would, and take, the merch. I would take a, a sweatshirt. Yeah, that's please. right. We're out here pandering for Punkorama merch. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Okay, number six. Did anyone in your childhood ever tell you you're never going to make it, Bethany, give up your dreams or something like that like they do in the movies? And if so, who was it and what did you say back? I had quite the opposite experience <laughs> growing up where uh, nobody ever told me that. Well, that's not true, actually. Yeah, I would must say, be fucking nice. <laughs> I mean, you know, you and I have discussed this many times. It, it, it felt very nice to be supported, but also it, I think a lot of my uh, validation and worth was tied up in, you know, you're going to make it, you're going to, you were a born star, et cetera. But I do remember I had a, in high school, I was very active in like choir and musical theater. Mm. And I remember (laughs) both my, my like drama teacher and also my choir teacher were very hard on me. And I understand why. And I actually feel like in hindsight, I look back and I'm like, man, I, because my parents were so like, anything I did was, you know, right. They were even like really pushing you to like hit your full potential. No, no. And you know, like I would take up piano lessons and then I would not, I wouldn't practice. And then I would just quit and give up. And then I'd be like, no, I don't want to do this. And my parents were just always like, whatever you say, princess, but my teachers were very, um, you know, th- I think they saw a heavy amount of potential in me, but were also yeah. like, you need to take this seriously. Right. And now I look back and I wish that I would have taken it more seriously because although, yes, I have a, you know, a successful career and I know, I know what I'm doing to some extent, like I don't have any knowledge of 
music theory. I have right. no knowledge of any of those things because of the fact that I sort of just coasted through and was like, well, my parents say I'm good at it. So, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> but I do remember my choir teacher. Uh, oh, no, it was my drama teacher when I when I dropped out of high school, I remember he kind of gave me a like, you're fucking up, you're never going to make it sort of story. But I did indeed make it. So he was wrong. Yeah, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Dr. Doctor Berman was the choir teacher. And I can't remember the I think you should run name of the... I think you should send him a package of the, the of my album. disaster vinyl, <laughs> the whole thing, every t-shirt, the vinyl, the CDs, and then perhaps a um, entire folio of press clippings. <laughs> he also made me take out my nose ring. It was like a whole thing. It was like, you can't... Because it made you sing worse? No, I think it was just like, it, he didn't want there to be a, a sparkle in the performance. So oh, my mom... Or were you playing like Ophelia? Like what was happening? No, this was just for, this was just in choir. But my mom, I remember developed because, you know, it was a stud and it was one of those things where it's like, if I take it out, it's going to close. So my mom developed a um, cover up for it where she cut out the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest little (laughs) bandaid and then stuck it on my nose and then put like a shitload of foundation. And I remember he he still noticed it and he like got, he gave me so much shit for it. and was like, you were supposed to take that out. And I was like, you can't see it. I mean, I was cool. I was a ninth grader with a nose ring. That's right. You know, pretty hip. Listening to Punkorama. Not your parents telling you anything you want to do is possible and <laughs> follow your dreams and go ahead and get a nose ring in the ninth grade. Well, my parents were like, if you even think about shaving your legs, it's fucking over for you. And also there's only two jobs that are allowed on this planet and it's lawyer or businesswoman. (laughs) (laughs) I think my parents, I was never, I was good in certain subjects. Like I, I was really good at English and I was really good at anything that allowed me to be creative. But I think my parents knew pretty early on, like, Right. There, there's a limited amount of things that this girl well, can do. Well, your parents are also both <laughs> artists. So True. I think they have a they have a deeper um, and wider understanding of the artistic mind True. 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 <laughs> of their child. Um, okay. Number seven. When was the last time you lied? When was the last time I lied? Honestly, probably to get out of something. I sure. probably just was, you know, like, oh, Classic. can't, I'm busy. I'm busy. <laughs> One of those things. I don't right. really, I used to be a pretty intense liar. I, as a kid, especially, I was like crazy pathological liar. Like I would lie about, I remember once I told my like first or second grade teacher that my mom had just had a baby and my mom and dad went to like the, you know, whatever, like parent teacher conference. And my teacher said to my mom, like, oh, congratulations. (laughs) And my mom was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, the baby. And my mom was like, excuse me. And then she came home and was like, why does your teacher think that I had a baby? And then I would just do the classic, like, I never said that. I don't know what she's talking about. Were you you lying for attention? You wanted attention? I think maybe yes. But also I think I, again, as my best friend, you know a lot about my (laughs) childhood, but for the people that are out there listening, I'm an only child. And I was like very, very, very heavily like hovered over. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't really have a ton of autonomy as a kid. And I think part of it was that I feel that I was like, 
I was, I had so many things that I, I wanted my life to look different, even from a really young age. Like I didn't like that. I was, you know, like I wasn't allowed to close my bedroom door. Like if I would close my door, my mom would like, you know, bust it open and be like, what are you doing in here? Yeah. So I think for me, it was very, I I think in a way I thought I was just using my imagination and didn't really realize that there were repercussions to just making up full ass stories. You were like creating a new life basically. Yeah. And and I think that like, I also didn't really get punished for it. That was the other thing is my, (laughs) I think my parents were also like, well, she's just creative. She just has a big imagination. Mind. She's going to be a, yeah. But I think at a certain point, uh, with, you know, the help of much therapy, I also think I just sort of started to realize that like line is, it's hard. You, there's so much you have to keep up with. You're like, who did I tell this thing to? Totally. And what if this, you know? It also like, it occurred to me that like, it's like most lying is like probably boiled down to like a couple of things. And it's like the kind that's because you don't think you're good enough. So mm-hmm. you're lying sure. to make yourself better or bigger or more interesting or whatever. Or then there's the kind that's just essentially people pleasing. So like even, sure. even being like, I can't do that because I have a dentist appointment is like people pleasing their feelings so that they don't feel bad, which of course a little bit is fine. And I think people have absolutely fucking lost their goddamn minds with boundaries, quote unquote, with their like misuse and abuse of that, where they have to like tell someone straight to their face. Like, I just don't want to like, no bitch, don't fucking, (laughs) it's fine to just be like, I'm busy. You know, like you don't have to like, your will is not the only important thing in this world. But I do think like, unchecked as we both have experienced it can like snowball into something where you're just like all you care about is how you're perceived they're both the same right it's all about how you're perceived people pleasing and self-aggrandizing so it's like once the more you're able to like self-actualize into liking yourself and being okay with yourself the less you have to lie sure sure yeah I don't think I ever lie anymore about you know things in Yeah, Yeah, I think more now it is just, it boils down to the thing of like, someone asks me and I'm like, sorry, I'm going to be out of town. And then I'm literally like on Instagram on my couch and I'm like, whoops, maybe I shouldn't have said that. But you know, they're, they're welcome to say to me, why did you lie? And then I'll go, you know what? My bad. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, You know what? You're right, bitch. Okay. Number eight, what character in a book or a film do you relate to the most and why? Mm, The answer is honestly probably Elaine Bemis from Seinfeld. (laughs) I feel that her and I are pretty much, you know, one in the same. This is a joke and we've joked about it, but tell me, get into it. Like, what is it about what her character embodies that you feel really like related to or close to? I think, well, it's funny too, because I think part of it is that I do feel very closely related. And I do feel like when I watch that show, I see a lot of myself kind of just in like her, her personality and sort Mm -hmm. of her humor, but also it's been projected on me so much through the years that I think I also just sort of am like, yeah, sure. Like there is a, every year there's a baseball game that takes place on Coney Island. That's a, a Seinfeld night. It just and happened, right? I think it, it was just happened. Yeah. It sure it sure did. And there's an Elaine Bennis dancing contest. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you that I have received the uh reel of the Elaine Bennis dancing contest no less than I am not joking 50 times <laughs> from a variety of people that I am both actually friends with, fans, just random ass, whatever. 
I'm like, oh, okay. So people really, they see this and they think of me. They see this and they think, you know, Elaine, Bethany, Venice, you know? (laughs) So I don't know. I think she's, I just think her character is, it's a genius character. She's fucking hilarious. She, I think is also a person who like both wildly, I think she feels she seems very confident, but at the same time, also like wildly self-deprecating mm-hmm. and insecure, which mm-hmm. I think you could attest is also like part of my brand. Like totally. I, somebody said to me the other day though, that like in order to actually be very self-deprecating, you have to be confident because you have to be okay enough with the idea that you can like, you know, call call yourself out and be like, here are some of my weaknesses or some LOL things about me. So I think it's it can be like that. I, it can be, can, yeah. I think it can also be where you're trying to get ahead of it. Sure, and you're sure, like, sure. I actually believe this about myself, but if I say it, it's better than if someone else says it, you know? Sure. But <laughs> words also, are powerful. The hair, the outfits. I sure. think, you know, I met Julia Louis Dreyfus like a few years ago and it was truly like transcendent for you. It was, it was, she posted a picture of me on her Instagram. I mean, why would Two she? pictures of me on her Instagram. <laughs> I mean, she? why would she not? <sighs> yeah that's right mr choir teacher go fuck yourself um, listen dr berman i yeah, was dr. on berman. jld's Julia. instagram yeah, and you weren't you were a bitch um at least people don't send you um thousands of people send you um dave matthews band tour bus shitting incident every year it's like it's my birthday. I get more messages on that day than on my birthday. <laughs> Godspeed. Um, okay, number nine. What was your biggest sliding doors moment? I know I don't even have to explain that to you because you know what I mean. I know exactly um, what that is in reference to. Fantastic <laughs> film. Watched it not that long ago. Excellent movie. Excellent um, movie. <laughs> I think mine is if I had finished college and not dropped out of college and moved home and started Best Coast. Right. If I had stayed in New York and finished out my degree and I don't know what I have, I was an intern at Fader Magazine and I'm like, would I have gone on to be a journalist? Like, I don't know what would have happened, but I often do think about like where my life would have taken me if I had just instead of being like, I'm out in one weekend going yeah. home to start a band if I had stayed and and seen the whole thing through. Do you think that you might have just still been pulled to make music and it just would have been three years later or something? I don't know. I think that like I part of why I moved away is because I think again, sort of to tie it back to my childhood, like I was it was so it was pushed on me so hard that like, this is your destiny that I think I tried really hard to run away from it because I, you know, my, my dad is a musician, but he, Oh, I watched my dad like struggle, you know, to make money and to make a living off of it. And I have a lot of respect for him because he's always a found a way. I mean, you know, he's now in a fantastic beach boys cover band. It's incredible. Killing it, crushing it. Truly enjoyed my time with that band. I think that was part of it is that I, I, and, and my parents, there was a lot of dysfunction in my family, but a lot of the fights would also come from the place of like, my dad wasn't, you know, pulling his weight because he was, you know, a musician and he wasn't willing to do anything else. So I think it was sort of embedded in me a little bit to be like, this is not 
this is a not like a yeah career path. Even as much as they were saying you can do whatever, like you were what you were actually experiencing was like there's an, I don't see success in this. Totally. Nor yeah. did I really see. I knew that I loved to perform, but I also didn't really see. Like my dad wasn't necessarily like a happy person, right. so I didn't really see there being right. a lot of joy in it either. But I think that when I, the moment that I decided like, what am I doing here? It was, you know, and again, you know this about me, but for, for the, um, for the people tuning in, I'm the type of person where when I get a feeling, I can't, I, I, a feeling in that, obviously not every feeling I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to do this now. But it's like, there are certain things within me. Sagittarius moon, babe. I'm Mm, telling you, that's such a Sagittarius moon thing. (laughs) There's just a, I have a very strong intuition. And I think that when I decide that something either isn't working for me anymore, or that something else is, you know, like, I decide, oh, I want to try this thing. It's like, I just kind of go for it. And I think that that feeling in that moment, because I I mean, I legitimately dropped out and moved home in the same weekend. Like I was just like, I'm out. And I, I, my mom flew out, she helped me pack up my place. And I was you know, two days later, I was sitting on the mattress on the floor writing the first Best Coast song. So wow. I think for me, it was just, I've never really, and the times that I didn't listen to that, you know, LOL fire inside of me, AFI. Mm-hmm. Um, I <laughs> no, think, no, no, David Havoc, but yes, David <laughs> Havoc also. <laughs> I think that I often, you know, if I would go against that, I would often look something would reveal itself where I would be like, fuck, I should have listened, you know? Oh my God, totally. We've we've talked about this. It's intuition. Everyone thinks intuition is like, I know my soul's path, but more often intuition is like, bring a jacket Mm -hmm. when you're leaving the house and your mind goes, I don't need a jacket. It's 90 degrees. And then you go to a restaurant three hours later and it's very cold and you're like, "Mm, it's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Damn, should have brought that fucking jacket. That's pretty much what, I mean, yours was a little bit bigger in that sense, but more (laughs) often than not, it's, it's bring a jacket. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it can be both, right? It's like, it can be really big or really small. And I think the, the magic of it all is to just, trust it regardless obviously if it's like you know telling you to do something really horrible i don't know that it's best to trust well my my and then you need to go to the therapist go on on meds yeah go on meds (laughs) baby um i know it it is kind of insane how intuition i'm having a moment if you think that intuition probably is the voice of your higher self right Mm -hmm. and Jung sort of like associated the higher self with god yeah. Like that is interchangeable with the, with God, universe, whatever. And so it makes so much sense to me that to trust your intuition requires faith sure. because there's no proof. That's the whole thing, right? I don't need a jacket. It's hot. That's not faith. Faith yeah. is, it said I needed a jacket. I just have to trust and have faith that I need a jacket. Sure. And you and I discuss this a lot in our uh, sacred text box slash sacred <laughs> podcast voice memo box. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it's like when you get to the other side of trusting the God or the intuition or whatever. Right, um, and yeah, and you sort of the result is not ultimately what you thought it would be. It is very difficult not to be like, well, I fucked up. I failed. Right. It was well, wrong. Well, then you have but to I have think, even more faith. Well, yeah, right? that's what yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. It's like, I think ultimately it's, it's very important to look back and remember that moment that you decided like, this is what's right for me. 
and to trust that maybe the thing hasn't happened yet, or maybe it was just ultimately to push you further along whatever the actual right thing is for you. You know, you uh, again, because you're not operating from the mind of your higher self. You can't know that. I I was reading, I think, I, I think I told you this, but I was reading this Kierkegaard book. Yeah, that's right, bitch. In case you forgot. I'd be reading Kierkegaard. Okay. You again, once again, you thought I was some dumb bitch on here, fucking <laughs> vocal frying it up, but actually I'm very smart. So anyways, <laughs> I was reading this book and he had this whole thing about how faith, the prerequisite for faith is infinite yeah. resignation. Yeah. So you have to be infinitely resigned to any outcome. And in doing that, you are conceding that you don't know what the best outcome is. So by resigning yourself to any and letting go to your attachment of whichever one you think is the best, that's that's how you find peace. And that's also how you find, find faith. And yeah. I think faith and peace are really connected, you know? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Welcome to church, bitch. Okay. So <laughs> great, great, um, great moment. Great sliding doors moment. I do think like I... We we did the artist way at the same time. <laughs> isn't this an adorable friendship, you guys? Don't you? Isn't this goals sure AF? Did. <laughs> um, that's right. We're talking year one Panines, me and Bethany going absolutely stir crazy, mentally ill in our homes, both living alone within a mile of each other on FaceTime, literally 20 hours a day, um, doing puzzles, cooking meals, and then deciding we should do the artist's way. <laughs> Don't forget the Ryan Huffington dance class. Oh my God. I'll never forget sweaty, sweaty Sunday. What was, does it have a name? Something. Yeah. I think it was like, we did that on zoom. You Saturdays. guys, we, we would set up our phone with the Instagram live of Ryan Huffington doing the dance class. And then we would make a zoom on the computer and we would dance together. We had a whole crew. We had Juan, right. and, Jessica. Juan and Jessica. It was a really beautiful, it was kind of a life saver honestly it was yeah um but yeah we did the artist way and i i think a lot about how there's like a big chunk of the artist way that says that a sign that you're an artist is that you keep aligning yourself or working within or in and around art stuff mm-hmm. and it's like i mean you being a music journalism intern is like probably not a coincidence where it's like sure you knew you were an artist you probably knew that in your heart you're a musician but it's like what if I just write about it sure <laughs> what if I, so like I wonder if ultimately enough years of that would have made you pushed you back towards wait actually I don't want to write about it I want to do it you know yeah but I think either way I would have whether it had become my job or my career or not I think either way I would have it I, it would have found me again whether it was you know right. just having a band for the sake of it for fun or performing right. in one way or another like you can't keep this bitch off a of stage you know that <laughs> I would have found a way. She loves. She I always attention. say that. Not if me. This, I don't. I, mean, nothing, I always. It's so that. funny though because I I both love attention and also like I only like it on my own terms. Like sure. I'm very like please don't perceive me. <laughs> right. But um, I always say that if this you know if this doesn't work out for me or if I ever one day wake up and realize I'm tired of putting myself through the hell in which being a musician in 2023 is, mm-hmm. I will just move right to Vegas and I will just become a lounge singer. Like I legitimately. That would bring me so much joy to just sit at a piano and sing songs all night long. I- I'm not joking. 
No, I believe you. It sounds wonderful. <laughs> just which is it's you're, that's basically just you doing karaoke by yourself while everyone yes. has to watch you, yes. which is the yes. dream of anyone who yes. loves karaoke. <laughs> yeah, where it's and only you the, doing the songs. The so. dream of me, because again, as you know, going to karaoke with me is literally uh, just watching Bethany hog the mic the entire night. I love it, as you know, because <laughs> I will shoehorn myself in there and do a Mr. Jones, bring the fucking house down, and then I'm happy to concede the stage. I just feel like you could be a lounge singer here. Just sorry. Like, I understand that it's the dream is Vegas, but can you just do it in, like, Temecula? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, I'm I guess sure there's, I like, could. somewhere beautiful in Encino the that we could set you up. house yeah, in Burbank exactly. or something. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Don't leave me. Okay. Number <laughs> 10. What characteristic are you most drawn to in other people? Um, I think integrity. I think I'm, Mm. I think I'm really drawn to people with a lot of self-awareness and integrity. I I think that the amount, the, I work on myself so hard. (laughs) I work on, I be working on myself so hardly. Um, I just put so much work into constantly trying to better myself and constantly trying to be able to call myself out on my own bullshit and take accountability and keep my side of the street clean and all the things that for me, I, I, I can't really have relationships with people that don't do the right. same. Yeah. It's very hard. It's very, yeah. very hard. And of course, like, you know, like you gotta be funny and you gotta be all these things. You gotta have some wit and you have to be able to take a fucking joke to be sure. around me. Cause Lord knows I can be, <laughs> you know, a bit spicy at times, but I think at the end of the day, that is truly the, the most important thing to me is people that are able to just like own their shit and look totally. at themselves and say like, I need to do better. Yeah. I think, I think integrity is truly oddly underrated. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think also maybe under, maybe underseen. like maybe people don't even sure. like, they don't know to look for it or, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. Cause it's like, you ask you ask people this question nine times out of ten they're gonna say humor or they're gonna say like something to that re- effect but it's it's wild how important it is if you're I mean we talk about this all the time right working on yourself or quote unquote you you can't it's like all it's like all of a sudden you learned a new language and you forgot the old one and you can't talk to people anymore it's like yeah it's like you're you're speaking in different languages and it becomes very difficult to relate and to connect it's also really hard for me to be a person who uh is again very i i think that i i think that honestly like i don't know one of my one of the qualities about myself that I'm most proud of is the fact that I contain a lot of Mm self-awareness, like sometimes to the point where I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm now again aware of this other new bullshit that's come up in me once more. But I think for me, like you and I discussed this a lot, like it's hard when you're in a position where you're either in a relationship with someone or a friendship or even just, you know, working with a person who does not Mm -hmm. see their own stuff. Right. And also as a person who very much struggles with not fixing other people, totally. it's hard for me to like detach from that and realize that everybody has to, you know, come to those conclusions on their own. And some people never do. And that's a really hard thing to live with because you, if you love someone, especially you want them to figure it out, but. But having compassion and just yeah. accepting people for exactly where they're at and who they are. Look yeah. how proud. I, I don't presume 
that our therapists listen to my podcast, well, the podcast that you do, she might. might, because <laughs> she seems to be a big fan of your old friend, Bethany. So but she might they, be tuning in. If they are less listening, I hope they're proud. <laughs> I hope they feel proud of how far we've come with their tutelage and their guidance and their help. <laughs> they are um, earning those paychecks, babe. Earning those paychecks, babe. Um, okay. Number 11. Who is the last person you met that you were starstruck by? Mm-hmm. Well, we met on Zoom, but I think mm-hmm. it counts. It, Lucinda Williams. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, it was a real, like pinch me moment. You've been like a lifelong fan. I have. I've been a lifelong fan. And also she really influenced this album that I made and sort of the, the chapter in my life in which I am embarking in, which is, you know, to be a different kind of writer and a different kind of musician. And, um, right. We had a, we had a really beautiful conversation sort of about um, choosing yourself and ultimately sticking to mm-hmm. like whatever it is that you believe in that that is the yeah. ultimately the only thing that matters and you know that's a that's a really I, I won't make this podcast such a therapy session even though I think it already has been in some ways welcome to dr <laughs> Huberman Labs. but you know i think one of the episode. one of the hardest things about going solo and one of the hardest things for me about making my album was this you know ch- continually checking back in with myself and still even now that my album is out having to just keep coming back to the place of like i did this because i wanted to and i did this because i felt deep in my soul i needed to do something different and at the end of the day the commercial success or lack of commercial success has nothing to do with the feeling that I followed to get to this place. And she essentially like mirrored that back at me with her own, you know, her own stories. And she's just a fucking, her songs too, like her lyrics. It's just the stories that she tells are so incredible. And she was just a blast. Like I could have been on zoom with her for hours and, she was like, we need to hang out. And I was like, we sure do, babe. We sure do. Yes. What are you guys going to do? Cheesecake Factory? <laughs> I wonder if she's ever... Avocado been, egg rolls for you, listens. To, to Cheesecake Factory. I feel that she probably hasn't. Um, I could see her fucking up one of those giant, like, blended frozen margarita drinks. and getting, Yeah, like, like the daiquiri. She's yeah. a, she, she loves... That, that lady loves... To party and she's I love cool that as for her. She's yeah, cool. she really you. is. She's, she's been like, to Cheesecake Factory. I, I would I would <laughs> stake my life on it. <laughs> Corner booth, leather jacket, Jack Daniels in the cup. There exactly. she is. <laughs> um, number twelve. When was the last time you slid into someone's DMs? Obviously, probably non-sexually. Um, Zach Bryan. I oh, messaged I him so much. Did he write back? He didn't. That's okay though. Zach you know, Bryan, babe. It's okay. Write back. I um I'm a massive fan and uh I I I from time to time will just, you know, use you know, you get you 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 sure. use you, you use your chick. platform. They won't, they, yeah. won't, they won't give me one because I'm simply a brain dead podcaster 
and we don't get any respect. But, <gasps> but I see that I see what God has given to others in this world. <laughs> I am happy. I for um I just reached out and was like, hey, I'm a massive fan. I have an album coming out. If you ever need anyone to support you on the road, I would love to open some shows for you. My manager did push me to do it, but I also am willing to play. You know, do the dance. Yeah, and I, I do really really love him. I think he's an he's incredible. incredible songwriter. So, so maybe, you. maybe someday, uh, uh, but I didn't, I actually, I can tell you the last person who slid into my DMs because I right. know you care is home goods. Uh, so that's, I've never been more jealous <laughs> in my entire life. Honestly, I'm literally I'm seething with jealousy. Uh, the package did arrive. The, the, the package that they sent me did arrive this morning. I have yet to really do a full unboxing, but I, I think Listen, would it be great to go on tour with Zach Bryan? Yes. Would it be better to go on tour with Home Goods? But would yes. it be better to get a box of candles curated for you by Home Goods? Absolutely. What if you did a tour of Home Goodses? <laughs> like, I'm coming to I the Home Goods in your town. Instead of the like the Tiffany Mall, it's That's like right. I'm just at the yes. Home Goods. Yeah. Not a bad idea. That's, now that you have a dialogue open with them, let's let's start spitballing. <laughs> let's start brainstorming. I was called to Home Goods the other day. You know this, but mm-hmm. I need the people to know. Um, because my yoga class is right next door to a home goods, which is a dangerous thing for a woman like me to have, but I do have it. Um, however, they're usually not open because I go to yoga at 8 a.m. and they don't open until 9.30. But something in my heart said, Yasi, go wait outside home goods till it opens. So yeah, I sat my ass in my car and waited until home goods opened like an absolute psycho. Went right in. And what did they have? My dream air fryer. Yeah, I have a dream air fryer. I've had this air fryer on my wish list for some time, but I just couldn't bring myself to pay the $400, which is the retail price. And there it was in Home Goods, baby, over $100 off, discounted, simply one of them. That really, that's manifestation for you. It's God's plan. I really am jealous and proud of you for that purchase that when I saw that, I was like, damn, that's a you good one. You put me on to air fryers, babe, but I, and I you did. got me my first one. But unfortunately, I have, I have, transcended past that air fryer i have sure. elevated to a that's level the of beginners yeah that's that the I beginners air fryer. i can't do it anymore i too want the one that you have with like the multi-rack you can roast a whole stainless. fucking chicken oh, I, know in that bitch. Can. I know you can you, you can, can dehydrate, dehydrate. i know fruit i know i know all about that air fryer i don't even know there's like the world is my fucking oyster i've i've only just begun by <laughs> air frying my panko gluten-free panko shrimp from whole foods was it like in a box yes or, okay i think so it, was it was probably just like returned by, but but everything was completely sealed like i don't i don't think it had ever been opened i might march my little butt over to the glendale one at some point with my and just see if i can't find i was one shocked too. they just had the one i was Top shelf had to Incredible. get assistance to get it down. I was like, throw this bad boy in this cart, bitch. We're getting this. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions 
for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com. Number 13. What is the horniest song ever, in your opinion? For me, it is uh, Be Quiet and Drive Far Away by the Deftones. Yes, it's so, so horny. (laughs) Yeah. I think the Deftones are one of the most romantic bands. Libidinal bands of all time, I really, I really do. I'm a... I will stand by that. I've, I have said before that I think that song in particular, for me, I, I, I think romance and horny kind of go hand in hand. But I, that's also, that you know, again, Scorpio. But um, I, I have often said that I think that's one of the more like romantic songs and people are like, what are you talking it's about? I'm like, so hot. Bitch. It's crazy. Yeah. You like, you, yeah. We're, we're talking love making. When you listen to some Deftones, you know, I know, I know. (laughs) Um, I get a similar feeling from that song as I get from the Catherine Wheel Black Metallic, Mm. which is a love song about a car, apparently. But it doesn't matter because it it hits the same for me. It's like dripping. (laughs) Sorry, Mm -hmm. I'm disgusting. Anyways, it is. That's an excellent submission to the to the canon of horny songs. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um. Number 14, what is the biggest money you've ever turned down? Um, I don't remember the, the actual price. I would don't say <laughs> it was it was probably 50k or above. Okay, good. Um, but I was offered a uh I don't even know what you would call it. Basically, I was I was approached by an auto parts company to do a pride month like oh like o'reilly or something (laughs) it wasn't o'reilly but it was one of them something like that one of those to do a pride month campaign uh i would just like to announce to the listeners i am a straight woman so so not entirely sure sure why they thought you're you're an ally sure but that's what it was they were like we would like to offer you all this money to be um our our pride month ally spokesperson and basically the um the whole thing was like i was going to be doing a series of videos talking about how this particular auto parts store was um, super gay <laughs> was just basically like anyone can shop here and i think i wrote even I wrote, gays are even gay people auto parts can store. buy gasoline tanks from us and i think my it was a it was a hard no real quick just like number one uh if you really want to do this you should probably offer it to a queer sure. person and you. number two i don't know shit about cars i literally my car is probably gonna break down at any second because i don't take care of it 
So I was just like, I'm not your girl. You live up the street from the dealership. Babe. <laughs> it's Literally, true. I like, do. You, like, it's not even a mile. It's a, I, it's like a quarter mile. From true, me. true, true. But yeah, I was just like, I'm good. I don't need to take this. But you know me. I don't say no to most money. Yeah, I'm I, kind I, of surprised. Do you regret this at all? I don't regret it. Just simply because I... Do you kind of wish you had just put your rainbow fucking outfit on and gotten <laughs> out there and been like, hey, blown a gasket, babe? Hey, bitch. Hey, no, guys. <laughs> I, hey, guys. Um, I very much knew like this is not this is not this is not it for me. But um, most things I most <laughs> things I am sort of like, I mean, to the point where people have offered me offensive amounts of money low offensive low amounts of money and i've been like i'll do it and then someone around me has to shake me and be like, <laughs> like no, absolutely I'm, the yeah, fuck don't, not don't you're not that. gonna do that but you know we had scarcity fear of scarcity issues sure, in my household sure. so <laughs> you're like 100 bucks that's 100 bucks babe <laughs> <laughs> literally i think someone recently was like i'll give you a thousand dollars to use this song and i was like should i do it should I? <laughs> and your manager was many like, people around me were like not, you need to get a fucking grip and I was like, you're um, right, I do. That's a, that was a pretty good one. I have to say, I'm no one will top Jeff Rickley. So I don't even, I should just keep asking Is this, this question. the American Express? One million dollars. Yeah, I heard that <laughs> they, they told me this when I was on How Long Gone. They brought that up to me. One million dollars. Yeah. And then Hoobastank did it. Hoobastank did it? That's right. I have a lot of... Um, I'll never get over it. I have a lot of questions about it, although I do understand, like, you don't really think Thursday. I get it. Like, it's a different time, a different scene. But, like, are you kidding that's me? What, that's what I said. I said the Thursday fan base does not have a credit score over 500 no. collectively. I don't know why, you're, why no. you're, you're pandering to these people. American Express comes to me and goes, you want $1 million? Literally, if they were like, we're going to, the, the ad is you, like, peeing on the toilet. I'd be like, sounds good. Sign me up. Where do I go? <laughs> I would do it. If it's the, actually if, the ad I've come up with it. It's you and Steve Aoki are taking an orange theory class together. <laughs> that's that's the ad. Orange theory is the fucking the business model is so shit and they're such cheap asses. There's no way they they'd be like, we could give you like a free t-shirt if you do this ad. And I for that I'd be like, absolutely the fuck not. I don't need your t-shirts. I need your stupid t-shirt. Um okay. Number 15. What's the best live show you've ever seen? Um, Fleetwood Mac at the forum yes. after Christine rejoined the band. It yes. was a Did we determine experience. that we were at the same show? Because it was a couple of nights, right? I can't remember. Mm, I'm not sure if we were at the... Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember either. if it was... A couple nights. I I uh, I don't remember either. Yeah, it I don't. It was one I don't, of the best shows I've ever seen. It was my incredible. Life. I sobbed the entire time from start to finish. Like it was, it was just. I mean, it, yeah, it was. Unfortunately, incredible. the part that's most burned in my mind, and I don't know if you remember, is that there was an really they had visuals. Remember, they had like visuals the yeah. whole time, like back. And there was this like insane disembodied Lindsay Buckingham head for like a good chunk of time. Do you, I have pictures. I'll send them to you. No, it, it struck fear in my heart. <laughs> and I think I was on mushrooms. I'm pretty positive. I was on mushrooms. And I think just that really put an icy grip on my heart and soul that put a slight damper on my experience, but it still is one of the best shows I've ever seen. But it was, it was wild. Wow. Like whoever like was like, this no, is I cool. Don't. Let's do this. I need to have a word. With I you. don't remember that. I don't, <laughs> I, I think I was truly like 
eyes filled with tears, right. like contacts were couldn't burning. Even see the visuals. Yeah. yeah. It was amazing. And I think we both bought the same t-shirt as yeah, well. Yeah, the red, the red mm-hmm. uh, the stripes. Yeah. yeah. It's a good shirt. I don't it's wear it shirt. enough. Me, me neither. Um, we can wear it matching when we go to therapy. <laughs> Hand in hand. Um, okay. When we go to best friend couples therapy. <laughs> <laughs> when when I do my first Home Goods uh, concert appearance. Perfect. You'll be side stage in the Fleetwood Mac for sure. Um, number 16. When in your life were you the most fucked up, wasted, hammered, trashed? <sighs> in my very early 20s. Like when Best Coast was first like taking off for sure. It's funny because most people interpret this, maybe I need to reword it as like a time period, but I'm I'm trying to get out like one story. Like, oh, I see. You know, like this is not a good example because we weren't, this is like maybe in the recent history for us, Gin Blossoms Night, where we went to see Mm, Gin Blossoms mm -hmm, in San Juan mm -hmm, Capistrano and mm -hmm. got a ride home from a random Mm -hmm. Orange County mom who did buy us Del Taco. On the way back to the hotel. Like, for example, that is a, it's like a nice, good, specific story. I see. God okay. I do follow her on Instagram. Stuff. I, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. I think it might help to rephrase that question. Like, yeah, what is one on specific That's a moment yeah. that you recall? Um, What night? <laughs> I, this is actually maybe like a bleak story, but I'll stop. Well, who cares? I'll tell it. Um, Best Coast played a benefit show for a girl we knew whose mom had cancer. Mm -hmm. And uh, I took, I would say, probably four bars of Xanax, which I probably... Lordy Jesus. (laughs) Don't I I genuinely feel, when I think about it, I I feel a lot of sadness and fear in my heart because I really... I, I don't think I really knew what I was doing. Right. I you just, were quite young. I was young and it was like a big party. And there was a girl who I had recently had a falling out with who she literally said to me, um, like, we, let's, let's like squash our beef or whatever. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, sounds good. And then she handed me oh, I know exactly a, who this a was. handful <laughs> of Xanax. That's all fuck that bitch. Secondly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, God, Godspeed on your journey. Um, yeah, bonge to you. But in hell, bonge she, in hell to you. <laughs> she gave them to me, and I don't think that she really assumed that I would take them all at once. But you know, I think <laughs> I was I was really young, and also I think I didn't really I didn't party at all as a teen. Right. Like I was again heavily hovered over huge alarmist vibes from my mother. Right. I was always very very frightened when I yeah. would drink or take drugs. Like sure. I was always like oh my god I'm gonna die um and I think when I first started playing music and was sort of around a scene of people who were you know partying real hard Andrew WK party hard style Mm -hmm. um I (laughs) I want I wanted to fit in so I would just sort of push the limits as much as I could and I don't think I realized that four bars of Xanax with a shitload of free pops blue ribbon is could literally kill you literally thank god that you made it through that night it was not not my finest moment, but again, I think that time in my life was, you know, I was also coming up with like fame and money and all of sure. these things, attention that I was had never experienced it was before. Breaking your and, brain, I'm yeah, sure. it was absolutely breaking my brain. And at the time I did not have the tools to cope. And so I just party party hard did. 
party hardy. Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you're still with us. I'm glad you're still with us and that we could have a much more PG version of that on gin blossoms night <laughs> with simply four, four vodkas. And that put us in the that borderline, put us in the hospital the next day because we <laughs> can't hang anymore. We do now refer to any bad hangover as GB gin blossoms. Right. The Dave Matthews night though, was just one of the best nights of my life. That goes in the books. That's that's in the annals of time as a historical moment. I, yeah. I communed with God that night. Yeah, so did I. And Dave and Buster's. And Just, Dave and Buster's. David and Matthews and David and Buster's were really... The hangover the next day was absolutely worth it. It was It was not nice. <laughs> but, but you know what? Would we want to lie in our graves wondering if we had lived our living days well? <laughs> no, exactly. That's what David would say. Okay. <laughs> Number 17 and 18 are tandem questions. What do you okay. love the most about being famous? And what do you hate the most about being famous? Mm. I think that I love... This is kind of a corny answer, but I think it is at the end of the day, the thing that I... I just love being able to like connect with people, help people. I like, mm-hmm. I like being in a position where the, the, the things that I share the platform that I stand on encourages people or makes people feel seen and heard. Um, when people reach out to me and say things like your music saved my life, I genuinely feel that, you know, I could do nothing else for the rest of my days. And I could sort of just be like that. That's all I, that's, you know, that's the dream. I think of any person who's creating anything is to feel that what you've done has reached people. So I do feel very grateful to have a platform um, in which I've been able to do that. And the thing that I don't like is just, you know, people with opinions that you don't, you know, I just, I don't like being perceived in that way. I, I don't like the the vibe of a person that just has an opinion. Um, I, I've dealt with a lot of, through the years, really mean criticisms and really mean things that people have said and it really fucked me up um so i think that is the part of it where i just don't like being in a position where just some random joe schmo is going to come and say like you are a dumb bitch because it doesn't feel good obsessed with these people obsessed with the, (laughs) the level of mental illness it takes to you know i was recently taking a stroll down my like archived posts on the the best coast instagram account and i there was a picture of me that i had posted when i was a a literal baby and somebody (laughs) commented oh you've always been fat and i was like oh are you serious like and i think i i like responded to it and i said something like i really hope that commenting on a stranger's body on the internet makes you feel better about your life or whatever but the thing a that baby's I, body a on baby. a, bo- a baby's you call, when a I called a baby, baby fat you absolute fucking ghoul mute. Yeah. <laughs> I was I'm, I'm happy to say that people don't th- this was also a, a much different time in the world where I think people sure. now don't really they don't well they still mm. do but they don't say you know I think the conversation around particularly topics of body sure. has changed a lot but I, I also just don't I don't engage with that shit anymore. I used yeah. to really feel like I had to go to bat and be like, how could you say this to me? And now I just sort of realize that it's like, it's you're not going to be able to get through to that person. That person hates themselves and that's exactly. why they say the things that they say. Sometimes I honestly have just a lot of compassion for people, 
even just even like people who just want you to hear their opinion you know it just makes me think like wow like you must not feel seen or heard in your life that that you feel compelled to ask a stranger to validate you or to hear you or to see you you know and yeah, it just makes it does make me a little sad. Yeah, it's, for sure. It's also I just always, have a lot of compassion for it. Yeah, it's also always the thing where like if you ever respond like, "Oh, huge fan though." Sorry, I didn't think you'd see this. It's like, oh, okay, huge fan. Are you? Thank you That's so interesting. much. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I got one of those the other day, which I was like, "Why are we?" Thank you. <laughs> and uh, cool. Next question. It's the wild card. Mm-hmm. I know you're excited. It's really hard because, <laughs> like, what question do I ask that I don't know the answer to? And this one, I think I don't totally know the answer, and I would just like to hear it. I have, I have a sense, but maybe I'm off. What career would? What's another career you'd secretly like to also do in this lifetime? Not like if music doesn't work out, but like in addition. Yeah. Um, I would love to, well, there's a side of me that wants to say like acting or Mm -hmm. doing sort of just, I mean, I have lofty goals for myself. I'd like to be more than just a musician when it comes to being a person in the entertainment industry. But I think, and this isn't even, I don't think this answer is even if music or entertainment industry, whatever doesn't work out for me. I genuinely do think that I would love to be a therapist. I, 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 I do feel that kind of going back to the previous question, making music that reaches people or creating art that helps people in, in, in its own way makes me feel, you know, like a little armchair therapy (laughs) vibes because I know that, you know, again, people feel seen and heard, but I do think that like, it would be really a really beautiful way to, I, I just think that, I'm so intrigued by people and what makes them, what makes them tick, babe, you know? So it's either actress per, you know, just superstar or therapist or both. Similar, similar. Yeah. I think, um, (laughs) well, maybe you and Ed Drost from Grizzly Bear could start a, could start a practice together. (laughs) I'm super, I'm happy for him. This, you know, I think it, I I think it's really cool. People are being so mean about it on the internet. And I'm like, you guys are such fucking losers like Such i don't losers. know what happened to all, everyone that they lost every ounce of compassion and humanity that was ever held inside them and they're just like literal mutants on the internet that need to be cynical and laugh about everything exactly so that's what it is weird. i'm like you guys you're just telling on yourself you're just showing it's your so ass stupid. of what a fucking loser you are yeah it also you know this is the only thing i'll say about it it's like it just also really goes to show that people don't realize how truly how hard it is to make a living off of music when you're at that level of quote-unquote you know yeah like success. even if you're like, like a famous indie band yeah you know which grizzly bear was a fame is was a fam- yeah. pretty famous indie band yeah i and you know i also think that it's not there's a lot of stuff that I would imagine too, for him, it wasn't so much just about money, but also just fulfillment of, you yeah. know, like to, to, to live a life that is a lot more stable. Cause that is a definite huge part of it is that there's not a lot of stability in this job, particularly now. So I, I genuinely, I, I love it for him. 
So yes. And I think it does really show you how much people don't want you to change. That people don't want you to change your identity. I saw so many comments that were like, oh no, this means Grizzly Bear's over. It's like, why? I get it. Sure, you can like be sad that your favorite band is not a thing anymore. But also it's like, why are you making this about you? Why, why, why does it have to be about you? I think it's just so dangerous. I think when people over identify with, with who they think they are and that's sort of backed up always by, if you have any modicum of fame, a lot by other people and it can, it can spiral you into this over identification with a thing that doesn't serve you. And that gets really dark really fast. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So really happy for the, here on 24 question party people. We're really happy for you. Ed Drost. Come we on. We love pro, it. Come on. We the pod. love it. Um, okay. Number 20. When was the last time you cried? I probably already know this, but please go on. Tell the people. Um, like two days ago, probably. Yeah. Do you have any more information that you'd like to fill in there? Or just simply a time frame. <laughs> just an overwhelming feeling right. of, I I get very uh I get very wrapped up in my I can, shit I can't control stuff and sometimes it just brings me to a place of utter just meltdown right and yeah I think although there although I I know that there was that but I also feel like maybe it was just like watching a movie or something like something that I saw just like made me cry. I'm like right. one of those people that's like if the commercial comes on with the dog and the dog is ill and the grandma is same missed the phone call and then the and I'm like a mess on the ground. I, I cried during the Lincoln lawyer. <laughs> I did watch music and lyrics the other night and I just <sighs> sobbed. That what, movie is what so a banger. Fucking what, what a banger good. in the film. It's yeah. so fucking good and i just i lost it oh actually i can tell you i cried i went to a dodger game on saturday and i sobbed when the the seventh inning stretch happened and everyone's saying take me out to the ball game just the feeling of camaraderie <laughs> it really got to me wow <laughs> venus really do be in retrograde right now um okay number 21 what is your greatest regret not to be that bitch, but I don't think I, I, don't, I, I, don't, think I, I don't think I, I don't think I really, <laughs> I'm just I really genuinely don't think I have any. I mean, I think, are there things in my life that I wish I wouldn't have done? Sure. Right. Am I right. a believer that everything happens for a reason and every wrong quote unquote wrong thing just leads you to the next thing? Yeah. I don't really feel, you know, I know that I've hurt people in my life or I've said things to people or I've handled situations poorly, but I also feel that, you know, I've, I work incredibly hard at forgiving myself for the, the things that, you know, the, the, the hardships that maybe caused me to act that way. Right. Okay. That's a good answer. It's a common answer. I might, I might end up changing that question. You know, listen, Progress, not perfection. I'm not perfect, bitch, okay? It's We're making true. it up as we go along. It's so true. Number 20. Well, you know what I, my greatest regret is? Including num- question number <laughs> 21 and the 24, which is what is your greatest regret? Um, <laughs> number 22. What song would you like to hear just before you die? Peaceful, Easy Feeling by the Eagles. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love the Eagles. I, I love why. the Eagles. I don't know why that's so funny. It's not that funny, but it just really made me laugh. Like it's like you're truly going to the Margaritaville in the sky. Do you know what I mean? 
Margaritaville would also be a really good. <laughs> what about a really life as a highway? Ride. That could that be good. Be. Every day is a winding road. Also, no peaceful thing is a great. I answer. just love that song. It's cool. I it's beautiful. It, it makes it always makes me feel better. I hope that I have a peaceful, easy feeling as I go out. I think that's all any of us could wish for is to just feel at ease. True. You're so right. It's a good song. Okay, number 23. What do you think about me? <laughs> well, do we have time for uh, part two? Um, I think you are a wonderful person with a very, I, how do I want to say this? Let's see. I just think that you are, I admire you a lot. I admire that you, um, uh, you know, again, are dedicated to working on yourself and, you know, um, <laughs> I feel like I can't even like, that's all I can say. I can't say anything else. I think you're a great, I think you're a great friend. I think that you have good taste. Um, do I think you're a little insane? Of course I do because you are. <laughs> But that's correct. that's correct. You are aware of your insanities, and I think that's all that we can ask of our friends and our podcasters in this in this game world. Recognize game, babe. Game <laughs> recognize game. Um, that was that was emotional. I do feel because we're not absolute psychopaths, we don't sit around and talk to each other like this. So that was very nice. Thank you, Bethany. <laughs> we all, it's only like a, every. Once in a blue moon, like a birthday card or a exactly. random text, like <laughs> right. when someone recently did mushrooms, it's like, I just want totally. to tell you how much how, I appreciate how important you. <laughs> you are to me. Yes. Um, and also you're a little insane. Okay. <laughs> well, Paul Banks thought I was giving serial killer vibes. So that's at least nicer than what he said. Not really, <laughs> but a little bit. He didn't, he did not say that. Okay. Um, okay. Number 24, what would you like to plug? I would like to plug um, my debut solo album, Natural Disaster. Us in the Bethany Cosentino camp like to call it Natty D. Um, I have a show in LA at the Troubadour on September 18th. Oh, yeah. Come on down. Um, yeah, that's it. I think those are the, the that's all really all I have to plug. And I'd like to just plug my now, um, my new friendship with Home Goods, because I'd like for them to continue to send me things. <laughs> I, it would benefit me as well if they would continue to send you things. So, again, Home Goods, get in touch, babe. Home <laughs> Goods. If you're looking for a podcaster to also, maybe you could start. Oh, you don't do ads on this show, we do you? Do. I don't think actually Home Goods needs help. They don't need but... our help. They don't need our help, but. <laughs> Maybe you could just start doing to give it. fake <laughs> fake ads for home goods yeah, until they I reach out put, and they're like I just put them in. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you doing okay? Um, well, Bethany, thank you so much. It's been an absolute joy and a pleasure thank to you. talk to you in this fourth format of our day <laughs> instead of um text messages, DMs, I'll voice memos, phone calls. Talk so. to you in like probably five minutes the second this uh, gets hung up. We'll just it's be right back. Right back on it. Right up. back there. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Namaste. Come back next week for a new episode of 24 Question Party People. 24. Thanks for listening to 24 Question Party People. And thanks to my guest, Bethany Cosentino. 
Bethany's amazing new album, Always Tomorrow, is out everywhere. Her next upcoming show is in Los Angeles on September 18th at the iconic Troubadour. More info at bethanycosentino.com. This episode was produced by Chris Sutton and Jesse Miller-Gordon with help from Justin Sales. Our gorgeous theme song was composed by Heather Fortune. Special thanks to Jenna Pell, Christian Stavros, and Mackenzie Rice, and also Sean Fennessy, Rob Harvilla, and the raw goat cheese from Erewhon. Come back every Tuesday for a new episode of 24 Question Party People on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. 24 Question Party People. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.